2: Hola, y bienvenidos a Deuces Wild Bitches! Yes, we are back for
3: another Tuesday night episode.
2: Dude, I, you know what, man? As I was out there on the court playing pickleball this afternoon with Biscuit, I kind of got that feeling, you know, I, I looked down at my watch and it's like, 4 45 and so i know in order to try to get back here and get on time i gotta be back by at least 5 30 i like hopping in the shower before get a little steam action do some dopamine jumps ready to rock bro i really enjoy my tuesdays like this wasn't like i like the drag i i fuck man i gotta go home and do the show it was nah like this is this is exciting that's a good thing thrill right Oh, yeah, definitely a
3: good thing. I mean, good Lord. I mean, that's the one thing I did this morning. You know, I mean, I had I had a few errands I had to run this morning and all that sort of stuff. First thing I, I wrote down on my list of things to do, no filter, 8 p.m. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm getting to the point now, you know, we're building up to the baseball, uh, you know, now that we're at the end of the football season and uh, building up to the baseball, I'm getting excited too.
2: Well, first thing I want to talk about, just because you're wearing the jersey, And you see the number 24 hanging behind me, the giants, they sent us these badass Willie Mays jerseys. So beyond grateful for the Jersey, but explain thrill. Why, uh, why'd they send them to us?
3: So, so the giants got in touch with me and they said, Hey, uh, you know, we're trying to do a little something for, uh, Willie Mays, the the greatest of all time, you know, the goat. And, uh, they said, "Hey, would you uh, would you give us a little plug, you know, on on the Deuces Wild on uh, Tuesday?" And I said, "Sure." They said, "We we coming out with a with a jersey, and if you didn't mind, you know, you and Eric could wear them." And so, you know, they got you one. They got me one. I'm I'm sporting it. I'm loving life right now, and it's supporting Willie Mays, the greatest that ever was.
2: And that then becomes a question because he certainly. Is in that conversation. It's Babe Ruth, and then after Babe Ruth, you will hear the name Ted Williams. You hear the name Stan Musial. When they talk about all-around greatest player, though, yeah, I'm trying to. I don't. I'm not sure if there was a better all-around player. Ty Cobb is a name that comes up frequently. Totally different era. Obviously, Bonds in our era and what. You and I both witnessed, but shit, damn, dude, that this guy—like, go back and look at the numbers. What a fucking beast!
3: No, no, and you know, before they started terming everything, you know, instead of just being a freaking great baseball player, he was the first five-tool player, and they didn't have that, you know, saying back then. But he was—he was the first. And by far one of the greatest five-tool players, and uh, you know I was I was fortunate enough to be around the ballpark with him quite a bit. Got a chance to learn a ton of knowledge from him, and uh, you know we we've told stories about it before, but I'm gonna say it again. You know Kevin Mitchell was giving him a little grief in spring training one year, and and Willie was Willie and Willie McCovey both were doing kind of the special assignment gigs and Kevin Mitchell was giving him a rash in the grief, and Willie Mays said, give me a bat, and he jumped in there. Third swing, he went over the batter's eye in spring training, and he had been retired for, I I don't know, how long he'd been retired for, I don't know, 15, 20 years, whatever it was, and uh, I had to go up to Boogie Bear and say, hey, Boogie Bear, will you stop getting on the greatest that ever was? I mean, he's showing us up. I mean, we're
2: doing stuff every day, and and he's still better than we are. So, Thrill, basically, I've been done for like 10, 15 years, right? It's the same as saying that I'm hanging around the batting cage, and all of a sudden, I'm talking some shit with the players. They're like, Burns, you can't hit. I'm like, dude, give me the fucking bat. I take the bat, get in there, and not only go Yahtzee, but go over the fucking batter's eye it's unthinkable
3: batter's eye third swing i was there witnessed it the whole thing
2: the batter's so, eye for those you who know, are unfamiliar typically is at least 40 feet tall the batter's eye is also in center field which in arizona at least is 410 plus yeah so we're talking yeah. like a 450 460 foot shot after the dude had been retired for 15 years.
3: Yeah. Un- unbelievable. And, you know, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's absolutely incredible. Um, one of the things that I really enjoyed was uh, Mike Murphy, our longtime clubhouse guy. You know him extremely well. You know, he's one of my partners. He and Willie have a special bond. They have a special bond till this day. And he made sure that Willie was in spring training every year. And they set up a table for Willie in spring training. And you literally could walk up and sit down and talk to Willie Mays whenever you wanted. And it was some of my greatest memories, you know, especially being in spring training. And, you know, kind of getting the season going and picking the brain of one of the best that's ever played the game.
2: One of the coolest things that I saw was one of the Giants self-produced videos that they did. And I don't know what they called it, Giants TV or whatever it was. But it was Willie talking to all the guys who would come to San Francisco. none of these guys had been in the big leagues yet. It was all the guys that had been drafted, basically guys that would, you know, go to instructs or whatever. So the Giants bring him in to the ballpark, put him through his workout. But they have Willie there. And they introduce him, Thrill, as a 20-time All-Star. And it just, I I had to go and look it up. I'm like, dude, that doesn't make sense. 20-time All-Star. A twenty-time All Star, and you and I just barely got into the to the teens as far as years we played, and he's a twenty-time All Star. All right, dude. Before uh, we our time expires on our Bet Online, read. Let's make sure we hit our title sponsor, Bet Online, the number one online gambling destination. As the Super Bowl is right around the corner now, both the AFC and nfc championship games in the books let's not forget about the nba season the nhl season college hoops are firing bet online it is the place to lay all of your action get up-to-date news scores trends odds all of it right there but wait there's more because if you enter the promo code bleed Capital B-L-E-A-V. They will give you 50% off your first deposit. Bet online where all the degenerates hang out.
3: And since we intro that, bet on your 49ers. Because I'm telling you right now, you know I mean? That was one of the things, you know, we really enjoyed having the 49ers come in the clubhouse. They were gracious enough to let us come in the clubhouse. It was a mutual admiration society. And I am pulling for the 49ers. Go Niners. So,
2: Thrill. Uh, as a kid, and I've told you the stories. I used to go out to Candlestick Park. And we had season tickets to the Niners games. And so, the routine was pretty simple. We'd roll by Roberts Market. We then would you know load up i'd get a roast beef sandwich with pepper jack cheese on dutch crunch bread my dad was getting a turkey and avocado sourdough and then i'd get a big thing of coke right just jack me up for the day i even remember one time my dad let me get a fucking jolt so you remember jolt oh yeah i remember jolt you bet your ass i do liquid crack for a 12 year old
3: <laughs> that was the anti-eric burns sleeping medicine
2: oh it's so good man so anyhow <laughs> we go up there and my dad had to a big f-350 he drove a work truck from Acoustolite, and anyhow we we pulled tailgate down bust out the sandwiches the chips and i had my jolt or my coke and he would pop a bottle of white wine. Oh. So here tonight in celebration with a double sky point to Jim Burns, uh, we're going to bust open this Fit Vine bottle. Now, in Thrill, they're not a sponsor of the program, but I just want to say they fucking should be, man. They, they should be. They, they should be because,
3: because the guy who's on the label mirrors our – Host, with the most, Eric Burns' body.
2: If this isn't me, like you. literally, like it's a fucking guy running and he's got the glass of wine in his hand. It's <laughs> the ultimate, I play for the tie, right? <laughs> I hey. work out so I can drink at night.
3: That is so you. That is so you. That's awesome.
2: So if you haven't tried Fit Fitvine, highly recommend it. It's not expensive at all. There's supposed to be less sugar in here. The hangover is non-existent. I drink a bottle of this, no problem. Don't even think about it. Wake up the next day, ready to rock and fucking roll. So, to our hey, team, uh, here, hey, Fit talk. Vine,
3: Fit Vine, come to us, my man EB. He will be, he will be representative to your product, and we will get you on Deuces Wild if you go to my man EB.
2: Damn right. All right, Thrill. So the next memory I have just is so vivid when I was a kid and, uh, you know, a 49er fan, I my dad took me to the Super Bowl. It was yeah. in New Orleans. I was 13 years old on Bourbon Street. Rollerblades had just came out. They were a thing. <laughs> and so I was rollerblading all over fucking New Orleans in those shit streets, man. It wasn't a great combination. But one of the people I ran into... Walking on Bourbon Street at this point, I was with Barbara Barnum, and boom, there it was—the thrill and a posse of like six dudes. Who was with? I mean, I'm sure you don't remember, but who yeah. was with you rolling down Bourbon Street? This is 1989, 1990, man—the height of your fucking. Barbara yeah, 99. no, no,
3: that was that was all of my partners from the Bay Area. uh Phil Cardinale, Louis Zoki. Matter of fact, one of our one of our guys who were in the chat room most of the time was Tommy Aliotti. He was down there too, and uh, that was that was when the 49ers played in the dome down there and and did the the shellacking. And uh, those guys came in town, they stayed with me. We went out and drank and partied and all that for I couldn't even tell you how many days in a row. And uh, man, they they left town. They needed to get some sleep. I tell you that New Orleans wore them out.
2: 55 10 walloping i remember that first play to jerry rice and it was like after that it was over man yep. Yep. absolutely fucking demolished the denver broncos
3: yep no no denver denver had some high hopes coming in and from the get-go it was uh downhill after that so
2: okay so We've talked about the Jennifer Montana story. We, we've told it yeah. too many times already. Yeah. There's a jersey that I have back here that, you know, it speaks to my heart. Go and, ahead, and, go ahead, go and, ahead. And, uh, break it out. Break it out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When you think about Dwight Clark thrill cuz I know You guys weren't only friends when you played in San Francisco and you were with the Giants and obviously he was with the Niners, but long after, you guys were working together with our guy Bob Cheney and Pace Supply.
3: That's correct. That's correct. And, uh, you know, Dwight was one that got me in touch with those guys. And, you know, we we had remained friends for a long time. And uh, every time I saw him, you know, he kind of dropped whatever he was doing. And, you know, gave me a big hug. It was vice versa. I did the same thing. And just a mutual admiration society. Um, He was, you know, as you well know, I mean, he's known for the catch. But um, he was one of the guys who, and and I'm not up to date on football really well, but he was one of the guys that ran the pass patterns that nobody wanted to run over the middle because he knew he was going to get shellacked and he went over there and did it anyway and made a hell of a hell of a living and was an unbelievable athlete. Uh, one of Joe Montana's most uh, prized uh, targets. And, uh, you know, it's it's hard to see him go. Rest in peace, Dwight. But, uh, you know, just a stud of a human being.
2: Hanging around the whole Pace Supply group that weekend, and whether it was Montanelli or you or Bob, hearing you guys talk about Dwight, and I remember specifically Bob, uh, man, dude, the guy seemed like the greatest human to ever lived. Like uh, he, the, was, he, was so, guy. he was, yeah, he was
3: so. Yeah, yeah, he was so down to earth, and you know, he would even he would even be kind of self deprecating, you know, like as in. You know, I, I wasn't that good. I was just a, a a piece of the puzzle. It was like, no, dude, you, you are a major piece of the puzzle. And, uh, you know, there's a reason Joe threw you that ball that day. You know, so, I mean, hey, look, you know, he's he's a, a superhuman being, and uh, God's got a good one on his, on his side up there. But, uh, you know, we miss him. Uh, Bob Cheney has since retired from Pace Supply, and I still keep in touch with Bob. But uh, I'm still doing all stuff. I'll be seeing uh, Battleborn in Reno this year. Uh, I'll be doing that uh, as, as I normally do this year and uh, kind of
2: go from there. Did you get a chance to watch the 49ers' comeback against the you, Lions?
3: You know what? You know what? I did not. Um, but it didn't surprise me. Um, you know, everybody – I don't know why. You know, this, this, this kid Purdy, you know, just – keeps doing the right things all the time and everybody keeps talking bad about him and, and, you know, he's not your prototypical this and not your prototypical that all, all, all he does is win, you know, it's like Joe and Steve Young. That's all he did was win. That's all you, that's all you supposed to do. Don't turn the ball over and let, let your team have, have a good shot. And that's what Purdy does, man. He's
2: awesome. Just because I think it's the coolest picture I've ever seen. Do you happen to have the one with you and Dwight and Joe?
3: Yeah, I got it right here. Hang on.
2: In the dugout. Yeah. I I like, bro, I'm going to post that on behalf of Deuces Wild. All right. It's just, you look at that, and if you grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area in the 1980s, this picture right here. It's just fucking everything.
3: That's the old thrill in the middle flank by Dwight and Joe. And, you know, needless to say, I got the eye black on. So it's right there before the, Fort the Wago is going to start. Those boys showed up. And like I said, you know, it was a mutual admiration society, man. It was so, it was so good having those guys around.
2: So part of me sees that as the boyhood Fan that I was right The kid that's looking up To those three guys and man It would have been my everything to have been in that dugout And then the other part of me Looks at that And you don't need to respond to this at all But I try to imagine What the three Of you could have done On a night on the town In the, <laughs> the marina in San Francisco In your fucking heyday man Holy shit
3: well, so I was single. Um, Joe was married, and I don't know where Dwight was in in his relationship, but he was he was known as a uh, a ladies' man. So it had been it had been a fun night out on town.
2: All Dwight had to do was open his mouth with that accent. <laughs> The South Carolina charm. Oh,
3: yeah. He oh, yeah. Plus, plus on top of you know, he's six six foot four, six foot five, and just like drop-dead gorgeous, too. So, I mean, you know, he had the whole package.
2: He really did. I mean, he, he, he had supermodel good looks.
3: Yeah, yeah. And then
2: you back that up. You know what? You know what I talked to for a long time Yeah. I don't know how much time you spent with him. But we're going to get him on No Filter Network tomorrow morning on the Daily Hustle. Is Michael zagaris the longtime San Francisco 49ers photographer, still working for them now. Longtime photographer for the A's, just a yeah, no,
3: Michael Michael was Michael was around all the time in spring training. I you know, he was in our dugout just as much as he was in everybody else's. And Mike and I got to be good friends. But uh yeah, I mean he you know, when you when you spend that much time and you're that close to the athletes and your job is to take pictures of them, make them look good and then get their cooperation and stuff like that, you know. You, you got to like a little working bond with them. So, so Mike had a good relationship with the giants, the A's, you know, the Raiders, you know, 49ers. So he was, he was really good.
2: He has a book out. That's just a bunch of pictures that he took through the years. He took probably my favorite picture of, of me, of course, it's uh, whatever. Like this, this show's always better. when We can bring it back to me, but I'm sitting <laughs> in the dug or in the, in the training room in Boston. And it's in the middle of that, like, just wild series against the Red Sox. And I'm bloodied and my knees jacked up. And I, like, the behind the scenes shit yeah. is incredible. And so he was telling me that earlier this year, he had a shot like that of Christian McCaffrey, said similar sort of thing. And I guess the Niners came down on him. They're like, Z. You can't take that shot. Like, like those are the shots. That's yes, that's why he's fucking there, man, to capture those moments that the fans don't get to otherwise see. Well, and then not only that, I mean, why would the 49ers come down
3: on him for that? Because if they release that picture, more fans would love McCaffrey even more for seeing what he went through on a daily basis in the grind that he went through and all that, they'd appreciate it more. So why they didn't, why they didn't go with it? I don't know. Yeah.
1: Passion drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance, superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, led headlights, and more. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: Uh, All right. So, so,
3: you know, go we, got, we got a few other things we want to talk about, but I had, I had, you know, every time you and I get on the show, you know, I jump on the computer on the other computer and then I, I go to the giants website and it, it has, Ross Stripling is now has a new weapon in his arsenal. It's called the death ball. And I go, what the hell is this? You know, I mean, these guys are renaming shit. All right. So this is what he says on the computer. Let me read it for you. He says, I'm throwing the death ball, which is essentially an inefficient spinning slider which in our vocabulary is a fucking cement mixer. <laughs> Hanger. Okay. From my arm angle, which is really high, if you can cut the efficiency of the spin, it, is, it basically can't move horizontally, and so the only way it has to move is vertically, up and down. So it's kind of a funky downward hard slider that guys from high arm angles are trying to figure out. I've never heard of anything. Any, I've never heard of a pitcher throwing an inefficient ball and wanting to get away with it. All I can tell you is there are some guys that throw a flat slotter and then there's some guys that throw a slotter that bites. Evidently he's trying to make it bite a little bit more. You don't have to rename it, Ross. All right. I'm gonna be in the clubhouse with you. I'm gonna say the same thing to you. All right. It's up to the hitter to figure out where it goes. And then there you have it.
2: So you and I both know the term backup slider, right? The slider that doesn't break. There you go. Moves the other way. And that can be an efficient pitch if you're able to control that and, and, and do that. I it's a ballsy pitch though. Yeah. Because if for whatever reason it doesn't get that backup and it just stays there, it's going to get Fucking tattooed, man. It's going to get
3: nuked. It's going to get nuked. Because what you're basically doing is, let, let's say let's say Eric Burns is throwing 94, and he's throwing a 84, 83-mile-an-hour slider. All of a sudden now, you're throwing a 83, 84-mile-an-hour slider that's just spinning, and it's not biting, and it just becomes a BP fastball, and guys annihilate those.
2: Hey, so Thrill... Speaking of the Giants, they got five prospects here that potentially could make their debut with San Francisco in 2024. Let's run through them, uh, if that's okay. And yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. About. I'm with you. I'm
3: with Carson you.
2: Austin Wisenhunt, left-handed yeah. pitcher.
3: Yep. He uh he went, I mean, zipping through the minor leagues last year. He started uh he started in low A uh spent a uh, part of the year there was was just dominating went to Eugene and uh they wound up in double a, uh richmond and then um he had a little elbow problem that sort of sidelined him um you know for the for the rest of the year but he was on the fast track going up he was on the kind of fast track like a Kyle Harrison so um big uh, big left-hander really good changeup that's his pitch above average changeup
2: Number two here, Mason Black. Mason Black.
3: Pitcher. Here's a guy. Here's a guy that is probably a nice little sleeper. Um, good velocity, 94 95. Got the sinker and the four seamer, big sweeper breaking ball. Um, a guy that likes to take take the mound. Very, very um into the game. I mean, he is jacked the whole time. He's a he's a Eric Burns on the mound, and uh, you know I've seen Mason really good, and I've seen him okay. But I, when I saw him really good, it's uh, it's pretty much a, a nice a nice look.
2: Three seven one ERA, one hundred and fifty five strikeouts, and only fifty two walks over hundred and twenty three innings. Dude, that plays at any level.
3: Yeah, for yeah, sure. and that's between yeah, and that's between double A AA and triple A, which you know is you know you two toughest leagues.
2: Okay, the next one we got here. Eric Miller apparently acquired from the Phillies in exchange for Junior Marte last January. He had a two four five ERA with eighty eight strikeouts, forty five walks over sixty two innings. 54 relief appearances it sounds like this stanford product could be a guy that could be coming out of the bullpen yeah yeah i mean you know
3: right now we only got taylor rogers from the left side in the bullpen so you know he's probably going to get a pretty good look uh especially after he had a pretty decent year after coming over in in the trade so uh i have not seen him throw in person but uh looking forward to it spring training Kai We Tang. Okay. All right, this guy I have seen a ton. I mean a ton. Uh right-handed pitcher, big guy, like 6'3" six, 6'4". Six, um he uh he's a slider happy fanatic. He loves his slider. But he's got he's got two of them. He's got the little short one and he's got the big one. And you know he uses the little short one to, to get strikes, and then he uses the big one to punch guys out. Uh, as long as he cuts his walks down, he's he's actually going to be in contention. Trevor McDonald,
2: twenty-two years old.
3: I do not know Trevor McDonald. Oh, he was in. He was in uh, San Jose.
2: It says he was dominant when healthy, only fourteen appearances, but he had a one three three ERA. 51 strikeouts over forty-seven innings between rookie and high A. Despite yeah, the small sample size, the Giants saw enough to add them to the 40-man roster. So I, I guess these are all guys on the 40-man.
3: Yeah, they, these look like these all guys on the 40-man that they're going to give a pretty good look at. So um, pretty interesting. I, I, I don't know anything about McDonald. Um, but the other guys, like I said, I've, I've seen with the exception of Miller.
2: Okay, yeah, it says the Giants still saw enough to add him to the 40-man to protect him from the Rule 5 draft So these are all, let me correct myself, because they're, they're all pitching prospects that yeah. we can yeah. see in 2024. Hey, Thrill, let's get into this real quick, because I know last week you wanted to talk about it. We didn't have time to talk about it. I came up with my list of the top 11 baseball movies.
3: Top yes. 11 baseball movies. According to Eric Burns, number 11 Moneyball. And he said that he had problems watching it. And then he finally watched it and whatever, uh, he's in it. So you gotta, you gotta love the fact that you're in a movie. Uh, number 10, summer catch, uh, I personally have not seen it, but I get it why you, you say you like summer catch because you got Jessica Biel's ass in it. So, there you go. I mean, I get it. I get it. Uh, you even you even mentioned this on number nine, Cobb, otherwise known as Ty Cobb. Uh, like you said, it was a little dark, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, it just represented a, uh, a fabulous baseball player.
2: Hey, real funny, eight, on that thrill, my, my favorite – Number one, let me get a couple things in here. The Summer Catch movie was actually based after my 1995 Cape Cod League baseball team. So the producer came out and watched us. And so if you want, if you ever watch the movie, which I doubt you would, but if you you're ever talking about, you're talking about, about you you're
3: talking about when you were in Chatham, talking
2: about when you in Chatham, oh yeah, 1995 really? Chatham A's team. And so I was the kid that was struggling. And I wanted to go home. And I was a California kid, but I was a personable guy. And, you know, but I, I was, my I, I had trouble controlling my emotions. And I befriended who with like the Freddie Prince Jr. character, which was the local kid, a guy by the name of, in real life, his name is Peter Princy. So my character was actually played by Matthew Lillard. And Matthew Lillard, if you remember, was the psycho killer in Scream. And he was was also Shaggy and (laughs) Scooby-Doo. So good, man. So that's why I put Summer Catch in there and Jessica Biel's hot ass. Uh, The next one, Cobb, my favorite scene in Cobb, and this, again, is probably a little fucked up, is when he's three sheets to the wind and he hops in his rig and he's like, Come on, Stumpy. We going to Reno to get some hookers. And he's like... <laughs> like this on the road, driving like a fucking madman. So good, dude. So good. And it's just... I mean, I know the drive from here to Reno. I couldn't imagine what it was like back then with the highways or lack of highways and everything else. So, yeah, that, that, that hits home a little bit, though, the Cobb one. And it is disturbing.
3: I got you. All right. And so... Then you went from Cobb, you went to number eight was 42, the Jackie Robinson story, which, you know, pretty much says it all. That's all you need to know about that. Uh, number seven, you had For the Love of the Game. That's the uh, Kevin Costner uh, movie where he's an older player. He's in his last start, and he's got a perfect game going. And I uh, thought that was that was pretty cool that uh, you picked that one. I love it. Um, number six. All right. Here's, here's where we go. Number six, you had Bull Durham. All right. So so I get it. I get it. But um, he Bull Durham's up my list. I'm just letting you know. So we're, we're going to finish your list, and then I'm going to turn it around on you. Okay. I can't, All
2: right. I can't wait to hear your list.
3: Okay. Uh, number five, you had Field of Dreams. Awesome movie. Um, you know, just, I mean, I, I really, I really enjoyed it from a baseball player standpoint in the history of the game. I thought it was cool. Um, number four, Major League, Ricky Vaughn, baby, oh, yeah. and well, <laughs> Willie Mays, Hayes, and oh god, unbelievable, unbelievable. So, uh, let's see, number three, Bad News Bears. You like Kelly Leak? Hitting dongs, riding in the pickup truck, smoking a schmag. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Nice. Number two for you was The Natural. Ooh, Robert Redford uh, going into the light towers with all kinds of explosions going on and everything.
2: You had a Sports Illustrated cover. Titled the natural dude. <laughs> Come on, man. Holy fuck balls. That thing's gotta be number one on your list. And then number one on
3: your list was 61. So you uh you answered the Roger Maris.
2: It was so cool to watch the interaction. I thought Billy Crystal drilled it. I think he spent enough time around the ballpark because his dad was in the entertainment industry, Yeah. And so. Billy, as a kid, used to hang around Mantle and Maris, and he knew how they interacted. And so this wasn't him guessing. This was him being there and seeing it and knowing it. And he got the right baseball guys. For example, Tom Candiotti played Hoyt Wilhelm, who was the knuckleballer. It just, they fucking drilled it. Oh, he nailed it. Tom Tom nailed it
3: because, because Tom had an awesome knuckleball anyway. So yeah. he definitely drilled it for sure.
2: Yeah. It's just uh, everything in the movie, the way they interacted, like, you know, the shit about the fan mail and you have Mickey going, "Dude, why the fuck are you opening this stuff? Which is like what most major league baseball players would say. And here's, you know, Roger Maris going, Well, because you know, you know, Mick, like, what if there's a little kid in there that like really needs my help? And it's, yeah. it's like, I, and it was so true. And it, like, we've all been Mickey, right? Yeah. But we've yeah, also no, all been it. Roger. And, like, I saw myself in Mick, and I also saw myself in Roger. And then I saw myself in, in Whitey Ford and just being the guy, like, the handler to the superstar and trying to get that guy under control. And yeah. it just, dude, I, I think about the movie. I I just got the chills, man. I did. I got
3: it. I got it. I got it. All right. So that was your list. And, and look. Yeah. You, you made very valid points. So here we go to the other side of things. All right. So for the thrill, for the thrill, first and foremost, numero uno is Bull Durham. All right. Okay. The reason being, the reason being, whoever was the baseball dude that told them what goes on in the clubhouse, what goes on on the field, what goes on off the field, what goes on at the, on the pitchers meetings on the mound, that dude knew it all and i mean you just you just can laugh i mean you know i mean yeah we got to get candelabras and a fried chicken that was one of them uh you know him him making up crash making up uh, nicknames for everybody like nuclear loose and meat just calling everybody meat how many how many guys get called meat in the big leagues i mean like that happened all the time back in the day yeah. and uh uh, so anyway, and I just I thought it was hysterical, and like you know, wearing the garter belts and all that sort of stuff under your uniform. These these idiots that are in the big leagues—they try anything. If they if they're scuffling, they're going to try anything. Who knows what thong panties they're wearing or whatever nowadays? Who knows? But that's my that's my numero uno major league. Uh, excuse me, bull Durham. I'm sorry. Uh, number two, uh, the natural, because Robert Redford, like you said, the natural. I thought it was I thought it was a really good movie. I thought it was well done. Number 3 for me, Major League, because of the hilariousness of it. Um I even I even used some of the shit like like you know Pedro Serrano and he used to have the little doll Joe Boo. Well, we had a rookie in Baltimore that had a little freaking doll and I called it Joe Boo and I'd hide it from him every day. So, I mean, these kind of things just play and so that's that's my number three uh number four I loved uh for the love of the game I just thought I just thought that that you know it, it was a baseball but then it was a love scene I mean yeah, I, I enjoyed it I really enjoyed it um then well, next is next 61
2: end I think we all and especially you I think we can relate to Kevin Costner. And oh, yeah, you know, at the end and it's almost like if I were to use you as the offensive version of that in your last year in St. Louis, man, because you're having this fucking fantastic year and kind of knowing in your mind that this could be it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Knowing that probably was it. So, you know, definitely. Um, Let's see. Where, where, Where are we here? Last
2: one was for love of the game.
3: Yeah, no, and uh, then, then after that, I went with I went with sixty one. Yeah, you because know, because I, I had to put that in there. It was a great movie. Um, you know, I mean, those 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 guys were unbelievable. I mean, you know, it's just the history of the game, the history of the Yankees. Uh, you know, some of the best players of that era all on the same team and uh, pretty amazing. Uh, after that. After that seriously, I mean you can you can kind of take your pick. Those those are my top picks. Uh I did like the Bad News Bears. That was uh needless to say when I was younger, but uh funny funny shit, I really enjoyed it. Um another one too is uh Trey watched this one all the time it was uh what was it? Little Big League. Yeah, um, Little Big League, I, yeah, Little Big Big League, League, where, League where he like was that. uh in Minnesota and all that. No, Trey watched that one all the on time man. when he was a kid. Yeah,
2: like so. Sandlot was one that.
3: Yeah, like, Sandlot. There's no one
2: I left off. You left off, and you have that generation who's like under forty, that that thirty to forty crowd that thinks it was the greatest baseball movie ever.
3: No, I get it. I get it. I get it. And and Trey, like I said, Trey loved it to death. He watched it all the time when he was when he was a kid. So I I watched I watched the Sandlot a lot. So. But anyway, so those are my picks. you know we it, it took us a few weeks to get to it because you made the you made the post. I thought the post was really good, um, but I was going to give you my picks and, and the reason why. All
2: right, so what I did not put in the post, and I did not even put in the daily hustle because I thought it was a bit aggressive, but this is what I would consider. One of the greatest movie speeches of all time. It was from your number one movie, Bolder, Bull Durham. older. Bull Durham. And it was Kevin Costner, the quote. Well, I believe in the soul, the cock, the pussy, the small of a woman's back, the hanging curveball, high fiber, good Scotch, that the novels of Susan Sontag are self-indulgent, overrated crap. I believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. I believe there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlying AstroTurf and the designated hitter. I believe in the sweet spot, softcore pornography, opening your presents Christmas morning rather than Christmas Eve. And I believe in long, slow, deep, soft, wet kisses that last three days. Good night.
3: That's awesome. It's so freaking cool. So good, man. It's so good. It's so good.
1: (sighs) Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: All right. So uh, dude, we're a month or less than a month away from spring training. Yep. I mean, look, there's still a fuck ton of free agents on the market, including Blake Snell, who would be the number one guy. Cody Bellinger, at what point do these guys say, "Oh shit, man, I don't have a job"?
3: Yeah, no, I mean, you know, there's there's somebody there's somebody that's gonna go get the Cy Young winner. Come on, you know, it's like, geez, but you know, I think that everybody's looking for a discount. They they think that if they wait a little longer, that Schnell's gonna come down on his price or whatever. And I, that's what I'm thinking right now because. I mean, I don't see anybody giving him any love.
2: Is he the type of guy that might say, fuck it, and I'll just wait? Because he doesn't have to pitch. He's a pitcher. Does that make sense? Like, they, hitters need at bats. Snell could chill just about as long as he want, and he could go get his bullpen work in with his buddy or his brother, like it doesn't really matter. He could throw to one of the twelve year olds on the 12U team he was coaching a couple weeks. Yeah,
3: no, no. No, I get it. I get it. The the big thing the big thing about pitchers, and this is what they use spring training for, is get their pitch count up, get their innings up for the for the start of the season. But I mean, you know, for me, for me personally, l- look at the guys now. I mean, you know, we we had guys I mean, right out the shoot. I mean, opening day, the the first week of the season, they'd go hundred pitches, you know. Now, these guys, these guys are on freaking sixty pitch limits and shit. You know, it's like, oh come on, what the hell are we doing? You know, we had we had minor leaguers last year. No shit, we had minor leaguers last year because I saw them on forty pitch limits and they were starting pitchers. I'm like, they should have got their innings up in spring training and they should be on. 60 70 80 pitches right now
2: I, I could agree more if i'm a pitcher i'm from start number one i want to go 100 pitches. i want 35 starts at 100 pitches yep right yep yep and don't wear me out to 120 130 like it's this is too much but give me 100 pitches so long as i pitch well enough to earn my 100 pitches for 35 starts
3: yep no i get it i get it totally agree with you totally agree with you and And you know what? I mean, I love those bulldogs like that. I mean, you know, get out there and freaking earn that son of a gun. Um,
2: Okay, real quick, Thrill. I want to give the audience an opportunity. We're live. We're interactive on No Filter Network. If you're listening on Apple, Spotify, Caffeine TV, Fubo, we record this live every Tuesday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Will the Thrill Time out there in Backwoods, Louisiana. But I will tell you, if you want the real shit, come here, come live, nofilter.net. It's real easy. Reserve a spot. If you want to knock and you have a movie that you think that we left out that deserves to be on the list, if you just want to share what your number one movie is, I think the beauty of it, Thrill, is that, you know, 61... Is number one for me because of what I told you, where I saw a little bit of myself in Mickey and I saw a little bit of myself in, in, in Roger and a little it. bit of myself in Whitey Ford. Yet, Natural is number two, not because I think it's probably the second greatest movie, but because my mom took me to the theater in Belmont and we watched it, and that was the day I walked out and said, "I'm going to be a big leader. Yeah. and then we walked yeah. right back in the same fucking theater and watched yeah. the movie again. Yeah. That's matter of fact,
3: matter of fact, you, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to do this uh, next time we go on no filter. It should be next week. Matter of fact, I don't think I have anything going on, but I had a fan when I was playing. I had a fan make me Wonder Boy, and I got it upstairs. I got it upstairs in my bat room. I'm gonna go get I'm gonna go get one to boy and and show him to you.
2: Okay, Victoria, by the way, just chimed in. She's got a great point. And having two daughters myself, it's an absolute fucking crime that I left this off. A league of their own.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And arguably one of the one of the best lines ever on the face of the planet. You know? No crying in baseball.
2: Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's um, awesome.
3: All right. And uh, and Linda Linda even jumped in there. You know, we were talking about Pedro Serrano and all that sort of shit. Hats for bats. You know? It's like, how many times, how many times did you like take your bat and, and you like, you know, talk to it or or do all kinds of silly stuff to your bat, you know, and Albert Bell used to do them. He used to like get his favorite bats and put them in socks and label them and all that. So yeah, so that's that's another one of those ones where somebody on the inside told them something and they took it and they ran with it.
2: So my kids' favorite movie was Angels in the Outfield. They got a kick out of that, man. And they watched it over and over and over and over again. And we got D.H. on here saying I wore out the VHS tape of Angels in the Outfield. D.H., let me tell you something. (laughs) My kids wore it out so much that Grammy because Grammy, still had a VHS player. Grammy actually got them the DVD of Angels in the Outfield to put in a DVD player so they can watch it anywhere, anytime. That was a really cool movie. Yeah, and look, look here's
3: here's here's the beauty of it. You know, I mean, you and I made you you and I made a list. You had eleven freaking movies on there, and you know. I mean, even Josh brought it up. There's eight men out pride of the Yankees league of their own. You know, I mean, we, we, you mentioned 11 movies, you know, the Sandlot and, and, you know, these other ones that we're talking about, there are so many baseball movies and they, they really did a good job with most all of the baseball movies. So, you know, it's, it's every one of them has arguing points and I, I actually enjoy it. But for me, It was Bull Durham because I knew whoever the shit gave them that advice, they knew what the hell was going on because I laughed and giggled that whole movie.
2: What about The Rookie? old? that was a good one, yeah. All of a sudden discovers that he throws 98. It's a real story, and I face the fucking guy. All right,
3: so guess what? Guess what? I was supposed to have faced him, and I do not remember him. I do not remember anybody from the left side throwing ninety-eight like that out as a reliever. I, I went back and I beat my brain. I'm like, I didn't face nobody like that. And and if he was on that team, me being with the with the with the Rangers, I would have faced him or Baltimore or whoever the fuck I was with.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know if you did because look, I faced him in the Arizona Fall League in 2000 2001 he threw me a first pitch fastball right down the middle i popped it up that was it that was that was my opportunity to face him i don't think i ever faced him in a real big league game but then he ended up getting the big leagues the next year oh
3: well there you go there you go if you faced him in 2000 2001 i was retired
2: yeah you retired oh
3: i wouldn't i wouldn't have faced him so there you go Because because when you face the guy from the left side throwing 97, 98, you're like, wait a second, I remember that guy.
2: Yeah, I got another one here that we haven't mentioned yet. And then I'm going to segue this into something else. Rookie of the year. Oh, yeah. Remember the kid, he breaks his arm and he throwing 100? Yep, yep, yep. How cool, like when you're 12, dude, and you watch that shit. That's why the little big league – And rookie of the year, those are two of the better ones. It's just, yeah, no. that's every kid's dream. And it's not, you know, what's funny is that like when I was nine, I dreamed to play in the big leagues. And then when I was, you know, 20 something, I I get to the big leagues and you fulfilled that dream. But by the time you get there, it's not a dream anymore. It's a reality.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And you're like, I'm supposed to be here. I went through the process to get here. It's cool. All the things around it, like it's everything more than ever dreamt it would be, but it's no longer a dream. Well, when you're 12, it's a fucking dream.
3: Yeah. And so when you
2: watch the kid become a manager, and then when you watch, say in little big league, or, excuse rookie of the year, all the of a sudden the kids throwing 100. You're like, wow, what if that happened when I was 12 and I actually did throw 100 and then I got the do whatever. So, anyway, I, I don't know if you know this, but in Little Bigly, I, I feel like we've ta- talked about this before. Pete Crow Armstrong is a stud center fielder for the Chicago Cubs, huge fucking prospect. His mother. Was the actual mother in little big league?
3: Wow, I didn't know that.
2: How about that? So Billy, I'm trying to think of the last, but Billy was a kid, right? Yeah, yeah. Billy. Billy's mom that hooks up with the aging veteran
3: guy. Yeah, no, I I get it. I get it. I get it.
2: And so she yo, she actually ended up birthing a real fucking big
3: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Hey, uh, you know, another thing too, while, while we're talking about this, you know, we're going over these movies, Josh, that's in the uh, audience right here. He, uh, for oh, Jesus Christ, I couldn't even tell you how long he ran a video store and that was what he did was baseball movies and just movies in general. So if you got trivia, anybody in the chat room, go ask Josh cause he has the knowledge so. Well,
2: let's take a moment right now to celebrate Josh in that epic T-top story that has since gone viral across social media platforms. <laughs> Josh wasn't in the T-top. That was another partner of mine from Louisiana. But he had the story. He told you to tell it. To oh, he's got story. the story. All
3: right. He made me He made me tell it to you, little
2: bastard. Okay, so. I was going to segue the Cubs information and the Rookie of the Year to an article here. How likely are the Giants to land Bellinger? It's getting late here. It says the Giants made their first big move of the offseason December 14th, inking Korean center fielder Jung-Hoo Lee to a six-year $113 million deal. But there's still a sense San Francisco seeks to upgrade its offense. MLB Network insider John Heyman reported Wednesday If so, could we be seeing belly in the bay? Don't rule it out. Susan Slusser, friend of the program of the San Francisco Chronicle, said on Tuesday on MLB Network, the Giants appear to have decent interest in Bellinger, not to mention the financial means to land him. Why would you have
3: decent interest? He's he's coming off of a rebounding year, he found his footing again from where he was with the Dodgers. Why would you have decent interest? I'd have a lot of interest. And especially as late as, like we just got through saying, as late as it is now, well, maybe I can sneak in there and get him a little bit cheaper than everybody was looking at before. So there we go.
2: Yeah, I did. I couldn't agree more. And RJ, yes, I appreciate the floating pregnant, Hey, yeah! Uh... Emoji that he sent across the screen. He sent one of those this morning when we were talking about transgenders. It... <laughs> <laughs> well, we wait hey they, they, through the first two topics this morning on the Daily Hustle were there was like eight figure skaters from the United States that all of a sudden got gold medals because the the Russian doping scandal that they were all guilty of. Or not all, right. but at least one of the grand. right. So, miraculously, not miraculously, it's just they all got these gold medals. One of the chicks in the, and this is actually a good question for you. Well, so one of the One of the chicks who <laughs> received the gold medal was saying that, oh, this is unbelievable. This is a dream come true. I've waited my whole life for this. And I'm like, for what? to have to turn in your silver medal to have someone give you a fucking gold that i i i mean did you earn it i guess i mean i don't know but is that what you really have you really been waiting for this moment she right wanted, she wanted
3: gold medal is what she wanted she what wanted to go Dude,
2: she got the gold medal two years later that was a thing only because the russians got caught doping
3: hey hang with them that's what they get it's what they get for cheating
2: And then the transgender thing was Bethany Hamilton, a surfer, just legend. And she had her arm bit off by a shark. But she had some real strong comments about the transgender surfers who all of a sudden are competing in women's events. And she's like, what the fuck? This is bullshit. Well, the World Surfing Organization was saying if they have their testosterone level at this amount for a year, then they can compete in a chick. And she's like, this is bullshit. The body types are different. The body structures are different. So we're we're on Bethany Hamilton's side.
3: There you go. I'm with you. I'm with you. All
2: right, good. Yeah. yeah stay hey, up. Every, everybody's on that shit, too. What's that? Testosterone?
3: No, just on the transgender, you know, doing the things across the line and all that.
2: It's a hot topic right now, man. Yeah. Hey, you were born with
3: the well, penis you know, you know body. how you get you the you know the how you get yeah, but you know how you get the memes, you know where where all of my idiot friends send me all the memes, yeah. and so here is a transgender uh, weightlifter, right? Okay, and it okay. says it says former male transgender weightlifter Mary Gregory has vowed to come back after being stripped of four world titles because he hasn't transitioned enough to be classed as a female. She says, "I just need more work done on my snatch."
2: <laughs> that's terrible, man. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. It's it it's, that's
3: because you, my idiot friends, that you guys send me that shit, and I gotta pass it on to everybody.
2: Dude, I fucking love it. Love, hey, oh, God. Hey, we're we're very honest, and RJ is a baller, by the way. So RJ. Thank you for sending the man pregnant emoji thrill. I got to run Do my daughter's got to race tomorrow morning. Uh, I promised her I would be down at the dinner table by seven. It's seven Oh two. Any final thoughts on this deuces wild? Anything you want to get off your chest, anything lingering? No,
3: you know what I mean? Hey, look, you know, uh, first and foremost, I, w- I want to congratulate and, and wish the 49 the best. I hope they, they nail down the title. Um, you know, uh, in memory of our man Dwight Clark back there. It'd be great to have another title in the Bay Area. Um, you know, I think going over the uh the the movies, it was it was a lot of fun, brought back a lot of great memories. You know, I know uh a lot of people jumped in the chat room and were were laughing and giggling, cutting up in there. And then uh yeah, I mean we went over some of the some of the young guys that you never know. They might be pitching for the Gante is here pretty soon, so.
2: Final question. It's 1987. A chick walks into a bar. Sitting on one bar stool is Joe Montana. Sitting on the next one is Dwight Clark. Sitting on the next one is Will Clark. She's a dime who walks out with her. Dwight Clark. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> fucking love it. I knew it. That's why you and I, hey, this is no filter. It's truth. Boom. Dwight You saw how, you saw how long it oh, took for that simple
3: answer to pop up, huh?
2: Oh, so good, man. So
3: good. Hey, today, today, you know, I mean, this has been this has been like three or four shows in a row, dude. These have been awesome shows because we don't have any like legitimate baseball content to talk about and we're going with the flow here man it's been awesome these last few shows
2: well it's Giuseppe, Pepe Manueli, and I like to talk about man look dude uh you know it, it this is this is why we built this thing man to be able to have these conversations just uh, without without a filter being able to just be dudes and hot shop and I the the your, I love your list, man. I really do your baseball list is it's no, it's, spot was, on. Was, and the Bull Durham stuff, you're right. Like the more you dig into that, yeah, but it, it, was, it was, was it was so it, it was
3: different. But oh, and uh, while while I'm thinking about it, I just looked in the I looked in the the mirror and all that. Uh, Willie Mays, uh, enjoy your day. You deserve every freaking bit of it. You are the goat, and you're the first ever five tool player they didn't have none before you were the first big man congratulations
2: you're the best all right bro. see you next week dude have a fantastic week everyone else daily hustle tomorrow morning i don't know sometime between 8 and 10 that's it
0: see ya!